Hello, dear friends, it's Carly Wharton, and welcome back to Owning Authenticity. In this episode, I'm very excited to continue into our Earth Energy Deep Dive, where we explore the families of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And in this video, we are wrapping up the Taurus clan by covering the archetype for the second house. And if you haven't already, be sure to go back and check out the Earth Energy Deep Dive, the intro for this series, where there's a lot of kind of overarching concepts around Earth Energy, uh, archetypes, and evolutionary astrology, and kind of what studying these archetypes aims to achieve. Also, would like to give a quick shout out to Stephen Forrest of StephenForrestAstrology.com. He is an evolutionary astrologer presenting astrological archetypes in his Elements series, the Book of Water, the Book of Earth, the Book of Air, and the Book of Fire. Now, since we're doing an Earth Energy Deep Dive, you probably guessed that the Book of Earth was my biggest uh, reference point for creating this series. So, if you have interest, I highly recommend you check that out. Now, on into the second house. So, the second house is typically referred to as the house of money. And that's not wrong. That makes total sense. However, it is much deeper than that, just like we saw in the Venus archetype, that it's not just love for love itself. It's a much deeper psyche uh, wrapped around our relationship with love. And in this case, in the second house, our relationship with money. And really that relationship with money could also be called security, our sense of inner security or lack thereof being called insecurity. Um, and the second house is really where we, we witness our own values in action. And this is this is big. This is a, oh, like, take a deep breath and make sure I am, I am giving this the space that it deserves because in this second house, it is such a foundation for the rest of the houses. And you think about it as the very first step to doing anything in the physical world is to get right with our relationship with our values and make sure that any choices that we make going forward are in support of those values. Um, a good example I can give you is, let's say, you know, your values speak to more adventure and wanting to meet new people and wanting to have a variety of different experiences and wanting to learn lots of different things that is going to create a very different life than if your values are centered around stability and a retirement account and college funds for your multiple children you want to have and like all of these things if that's your values that is going to produce a very different life and you think about it like one of those people will likely bounce through life and might like it that way the other person is probably going to put down roots and may work in the same job for 30 years and will have a much more stable, unified, singular approach to life because they've decided that at the top of their list of values is stability 
or at the top of their list of values is adventure and constantly learning new things. So it really does matter uh, to take a second and look at what your own personal values looks like. Um, and so you can use that as a foundation for making decisions and lining up with your life, the one that you actually came to live. Um, going back to money, uh, he makes the joke, why is money so popular? Why, why do people like it? Everybody seems to like it. Everybody wants money. What is that about? And obviously we all know that money is popular because it buys things that we need to survive. You know, like it's, it's really difficult to find a place of inner peace if you don't have enough money to feed yourself or the people that you love. That's a very stressful place to be. And it's really hard to feel inner security if you don't have the financial resources that you need to feel fed and that you have a roof over your head, those kinds of things. So money does buy survival. So in a certain sense, security and money are linked a little bit because if we don't have the money we need to survive, our sense of security is very difficult to establish. However, money also buys comforts, creature comforts, things that, you know, you probably don't need in order to survive, but they're really, really, really nice to have. Like, for example, let's say your hot water heater breaks and you don't have $4,000 to replace it. And so now you're living with cold showers. Uh, are you, are you going to die from cold showers? No, probably not. But is your sense of security damaged because now you don't have the resources that you need to provide that comfort for yourself? Probably it's a, it's going to be a, a slippery slope there for feeling sorry for yourself and feeling like this house is a shithole and I don't like this. And I don't have enough money and you know, my boss should pay me more money, but they're not. And if they would pay me more money, then I would have enough money to fix my hot water heater. And I'm the one that has to suffer because I don't have enough money. So even sometimes not having the comforts that we are accustomed to can also be rooted back towards like having a difficult time getting our sense of security off the ground. Beyond that, however, money buys complications. Like you think about it, you have a lot of money. Now you need investment managers and you need special tax assistance and you need all of these different things. Plus on top of that, you're worried about losing your big pile of money. You're worried of like insecure that this big pile of money that you have isn't always going to be there. So just because you have a big pile of money doesn't necessarily mean that that automatically equates to inner peace. Inner peace and a big pile of money are not automatically the same thing. Even though money and a sense of security, which I would, I would put out there, a sense of security is going to lead to that inner peace that we're looking for, security and money are only connected so far. Beyond that, more money is not always the answer for more security. Sometimes our sense of security or lack of it is emotional. And that's not something that making more money can fix. That's something that liking ourselves better and loving ourselves a little bit more every day. And then again, and then again, that, you know, we build our sense of security organically by building a relationship with ourselves and getting to know and like ourselves. 
So the second house only being called the house of money is missing a huge chunk that's really at the heart of the second house, and that is the feeling of security. And of course, you know, we've made the case money gets us a good chunk of the way there, but then getting all the way over the finish line to actually feeling secure is something that happens in the relationship between us and ourselves. He gives a really nice example about a golf pro or like an amateur who's wanting to turn pro and he thinks he's good enough and he's got some mad golf skills and all that. And so he wants to join the country club where all the pros play so that he can be, you know, in that world and kind of get off the ground with his pro golf career. And he goes to the country club and they tell him it's like some ungodly amount of money to join. And he doesn't even close to have that amount of money. Is that threatening his survival? Like is, is his sense of security had to get up and let the cat out. Now, where was I? The golf pro who doesn't have the money to join the fancy country club that he thinks is going to do something positive for his career. Is his life in danger? Like in terms of his sense of security being tied to his survival, like literal insecurity means your life is in danger. But in the second house, security is a much broader concept that has very little to do with our actual survival. Once our, our basic human needs are met, it extends to situations like this where, you know, it's not that he doesn't have enough money to survive. It's that he doesn't have enough money to take what he perceives to be the correct step forward on his path. And so in that sense, he's feeling insecure. He's feeling not enough. He's feeling a lack of security in his world because he doesn't have the resources to make this move that he deems important. So in the second house, we're really talking about all of that. We're talking about our general sense of security and everything that either helps us feel secure or stands in our way. And this is where it's really interesting um, to look at any of the houses and any planets that you have in any house the journey is often beginning on the hard side, beginning on the shadow side of whatever archetype we're talking about, and then manifesting your way out of it. So for example, in this case, you start early on, like if you have a lot of planets in the second house, chances are your early life will feel very insecure every ounce of your life experience, whether it's your grades aren't good enough or, you know, your parents don't spend enough time with you, like little things like that, that leave you feeling insecure on the inside, even though, you know, again, we're not even in the realm of money. Like this is happening in childhood. Um, with a lot of second house planets, you are almost guaranteed to fully acquaint yourself with the experience of insecurity so that you can build a sense of security that's real. And you know, like for me, one of the steps that I had to go through in the first part, the insecure part of the of my life, which I'm only come only now coming to the end of and like working to make my transition into the secure part of my life. Um, but for me, money, I thought money was going to fix everything. I had a lot of insecurity on the inside. I was generally not happy with myself, generally thought I was never really good enough um, for who I thought I should be on in my mind. And I just knew that 
when I get promoted, when I have this, you know, I pay off all my debt and I have this big pile of money and I buy a nice house and I have a retirement account. And like, I just knew that once I'm set up financially, I'll feel better. I'll feel grounded and solid in this world. And it didn't change a thing. It literally didn't change a thing to like pay off my debt, to have this big paycheck, to have a retirement account, to buy a house on the inside. I still felt insecure. I remember like moving into this big house that I bought with my fiance at the time and being in that house was some of the loneliest moments of my entire life. And it just echoed and ached at how empty these manifestations really were. These things that I thought were the ticket to my sense of security that I've been looking for this whole time. I'll finally feel better when I have this. And here I was sitting in the middle of what I'd always been reaching for. And I still didn't feel secure. I still didn't like myself. I still wasn't in a good relationship. I, I mean, nothing had changed. I had, you know, change of address. And that was about it. Um, so it is like the second house is, is a place where we get to ask ourselves the question of not only what we value, but how much is enough? How much money is enough? How much of anything is enough? And then also how much is too much? How, like, where are we, you know, like I said, more money is not always the answer to more security. Sometimes more money just leads to more complications and more headaches and all of that. And none of that is leading to inner peace and a sense of security. So we all get to answer for ourselves how much is enough and how much is too much. And in that sense of like going back to the two examples of very different values that I gave where one person values stability and one person values adventure, you know, the adventurous person might make a little money and then spend it and then might make a little money and then spend it and then might make a little money and then go have another experience and then make a little money and go pay for another course and make a little money and go travel to this other country. And, and they may live their life like that, where the person who values stability, they don't spend anything. Everything that they make goes into a savings account of some sort. And in that sense, you know, one person, the adventurous person has deemed that enough money is just however much money I need for my next adventure. And when I'm done living that adventure, then I'll make a little bit more money and I'll go live my other adventure. And the other person who's saying how much is enough, they've calculated how much does it cost to live in an assisted living facility for the last decade of your life? How much does home health cost? How much does you know, I want to be retired for 40 years. So that means that I need like this many dollars per month and I need this. I want to have my house paid off by then. So they know that they need $5.7 million in assets to support blah, 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 blah. Like that is how much they have deemed to be enough. And the adventurous person might be looking at it like, well, with $2,000, I can have one hell of an adventure. So really I'm looking for two grand and the other person is looking for $5.7 million. So all of us get to define what is enough. How much do you need? And that's a very personal thing to answer. And I, you know, I will offer a word of caution of following society's cookie cutter recipe of you need to, you know, have a six figure income and you need to build a retirement account and you need to own your own home and you need to pay off your cars and you blah, 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 blah. Like 
I, that's not for everybody, you know, not everybody has to live like that. And if you're somebody who wants to, you know, buy a $10,000 RV and live in it on the road and not have a job and just have little, little side hustles here and there to make enough money for gas and food, if that's what you want to do, and that's the path that suits your values, chances are you will experience more security than maybe somebody making a million dollars a year. So finding our way to feeling secure doesn't always mean finding our path to the most profitable job or business opportunity. So often it means letting go of a lot of those things that are standing in the way of us living our true values. The second house is the place where we feel driven and hungry. Like it's a place of survival. So like our survival instincts will always be met. And sometimes those survival instincts can actually turn damaging and destructive um, when we overseek them. So like, for example, let's say somebody had Chiron in the second house or Saturn in the second house. Chances are their sense of enough is going to constantly feel out of reach. Their sense of security is like always in this space of, I need a little bit more and then I'll feel secure. I need a little bit more and then I'll feel secure. So driven and hungry, it can, the second house, depending on how it's set up in your chart, it can lead us to reach and reach and reach and reach and reach and reach and reach. And I genuinely believe that, you know, we can, we can start to see precursors for greed and fraud and lots of things like that, very like socially destructive behavior coming out of a wounded second house. Not that that happens every time, or if you have, you know, a, a hardly or negatively aspect second house, like that, that's always going to be the life experience that you live. Maybe you'll just really struggle with your sense of security, but I do think that there are people out there who they, they struggle for their sense of enoughness and it pushes them to do things that they don't really agree with on a soul level, but on a material level, on a physical level, they feel like they legit feel like they don't have enough and it causes them to do really bad things. So not to let anybody off the hook for anything, but I can see where, again, this second house is such a foundation for setting us up for how we approach life as a whole. So we talked a little bit about, you know, when we're right with our second house, the reward is inner peace. And when we're right with our second house means we're right with our money, we're right with our security. So like he gives two examples, Stephen Forrest gives two examples in the book of earth that talk about, um, who is more right with their money. So person one makes $50,000 a year. Person two makes a million dollars a year. Do we know yet who's right, more right with their money? No, because that's just one half of the equation. The second half is the expense side, right? That's just revenue. Expenses, person one is living a $45,000 lifestyle. They got a $5,000 surplus. Okay, that's pretty good. Person two is living a $1.2 million lifestyle. So they have a $200,000 deficit per year. That's in five years going to add up to a million dollars in debt that they can't cover. And that 
is obviously not being right with your money. That's living above your means. That's that's throwing off the whole balance of everything. And again, people get into that situation because they feel like they don't have enough. They don't have enough. They need one more outfit. They need one more car. When I have this dream car, then I'll feel secure. Inevitably, they end up sitting in that car and thinking, well, but when I have this dream car, then I'll feel secure. So that's how you get into living a $1.2 million lifestyle while you're making a million dollars. So so much of the second house can set us up to have to make choices in our lives that we may or may not fully be aligned with on a soul level, but we feel like we have to do because we've put ourselves in a position out of being insecure. So getting secure, getting right with our money and our security is foundational for achieving inner peace, which I would again put out there. It's like, it's hard to be happy if you don't feel peaceful on the inside. If you're feeling insecure and worried and wrapped up in not enoughness, it's really hard to feel happy at the same time as all of that. The second house is also very interesting where we get to start to see how is it that you are likely to want to make your money? Um, how is it that you are likely to relate to money and security? So he, we throw the question out there of what is the right way to make your money? Maybe your second house, you do really have a thing for money and you want to be a millionaire and it's like at the top of your list and you're, you're affirming it and you're chasing it and you're, you know, hustling to get that millionaire status. But would you be willing to become a mafia hitman? You, you are guaranteed it'll make you a millionaire, but are you willing to kill people in order to become a millionaire with all the, not only the moral repercussions of taking another life, but also the, the consequences, the, it's a crime. It's, you know, there's a lot of ways out there to make money, but are you actually willing to follow through with that? Do your values allow you to make money that way? Um, the other example is, is sex work a valid profession. I bring this up because I personally think it's something that we should be talking about more often. Um, and as far as like sex work between two consenting adults, like trading money for sex between two consenting adults, personally, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see a problem with someone who wants to make porn. I don't see a problem with someone who wants to be an escort because they personally feel empowered by that journey. I think that's fine. I understand within the realm of the sex work industry as it stands, there are a lot of people exploiting a lot of other people, vulnerable people. And that part, obviously, I don't agree with. But to a certain extent, decriminalizing sex work would go a long way towards empowering the people who are participating because they actually want to. Um, so that's like a big soapbox. But again, is that right? If you have, you know, depending on what's going on in your second house, maybe you think, you know, that's against the law and automatically because it's against the law, no, it's not a valid profession. Maybe you think, yes, it is a valid profession and one that I actually enjoy and I want to be an escort. I want to offer these services and be paid for something that I enjoy doing. I mean, we all have the freedom to do that as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
But yeah, I think that's just one example. These are two very extreme examples, mafia, hitman, and sex work. But that goes back to the root of the second house and how we each get to relate to our own value system, no matter what that is. And then we get to guide ourselves accordingly. And as we go, you know, our values are likely to change and evolve. You know, I wanted money way more before I had money. And then as soon as I had it and I had what money could buy me and I'm sitting in the middle of that manifestation being totally empty and lonely and miserable, realizing that a change of address didn't change anything. So revisiting our values as we have more life experiences is important. So that is the second house archetype, um, all about our values and how we discover a sense of security within ourselves and what that might look like for each of us. So I hope you have enjoyed this. Feel free to check out the other episodes in this earth energy deep dive series where we get to know all of the earth energy archetypes. Um, and until next time, dear friends, you take good, good care of yourselves. And so will I.